Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Welcome to Faculty Feed, everyone. I'm, I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Kellen Choi to the studio today. Kellen is a friend that we have come to know just over the past handful of years, but I'll tell you, I feel like I've known her a lot longer than that. She is just a bundle of energy, one of our urologists here at ULP, and a graduate of our Liam program, and we're just so delighted to have you here. Kellen, welcome to Faculty Feed. Thank you so much for having me today. (laughs) So Kellen, tell us about your background. Where'd you go to school? How'd you end up at UofL? Great question, yes. So I wondered that too, like, I'm in Louisville all these years. So I was actually not from um, the US. I I was born in South Korea, Taejeon to be specific. And then my dad, he wanted to get his American dream of becoming electrical engineer, PhD at tender age of, I think, 30, late 30s, like 38. Right. Yeah, I was, uh, I believe, six or seven. So he went to Texas A&M College Station. Oop, I know, you're Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goes down as a longhorn, but we can still be friends. We can but, be friends. <laughs> yeah, but anywho, so um, I'm second generation Aggie. My dad was an Aggie, and then uh, I went to Texas A&M, like I mentioned. And then uh, I stayed everything in Texas. Um, like went a to, good Texan. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I was told. There's no, other, no other place choices. but Texas. Texas. That's right. There so was its own country. For it was. Right? It was. Yes. Because all I knew of America was Texas for so long. <laughs> and I went to University of North Texas in um, Fort Worth. Uh, so we, we did a lot of, uh, you know, uh, medical school rotations in Dallas, Fort Worth. And it was when I fell in love with urology. I met one of the happiest, joyful uh, fathers I didn't meet any mothers at that time because at that time there are not that many women urologists. Right. So many fathers happily married with multiple children. I still remember this. This is when I decided to be a urologist. It was Wednesday. And Wednesday, I usually shadow one of the urologists for surgery. And like Wednesday afternoon was whole block from like 12 to 5. I'm like, oh, is he going to conference? You know what they said? No, he's going to his fourth child, uh, five-year-old kindergarten graduation. Aww. So I was like, okay, what, what? Fourth child. So it's not that it was the first child that he went to King Dogger and was so special. This is the fourth graduation, but yet he still thought that it was just as important as the first one mm-hmm. as getting a PhD graduation in King Dogger. So I was like, whoa, I want to be part of this. Once I got to meet them, they were just like, kind of like make it work kind of surgeons where like, we have families, we got to go home, but we got to take care of patients. So I just felt like I ran into this group of people I want to emulate once I become parents. <laughs> So, um, and then uh, residency I did in West Virginia. That's where I met my husband, Charleston Area Medical Center. My husband is West Virginia, born and raised. So I truly married my West Virginia boy. <laughs> and we have two beautiful children. He did a fellowship at UofL as a Pum Critical Care Fellow. Um, we had met when I was intern, so we really raised each other up past 10 years, right? So when he joined UofL as a fellow in 2013, since I was still, uh, still a urology resident, I had, we both had to plan every single limited uh, vacation we had time to see each other. Mm-hmm. So we never got to really go out of the country till our honeymoon. 
That was her first and、wow. last trip out of the country. That was nine years ago, so it's been a while. But、um, I just fell in love with Louisville. Every time my husband was on call, I've been to Jewish upstairs, all the way on the top on Christmas Eve as a first married couple taking picture as a in family first Christmas picture. <laughs> so I, I still, when I go to Jewish yesterday all day, I was like, oh, I remember that when I was like wanting all the life I have now. <laughs> <laughs>、um, Anyways, after that, my husband was kind to come to fellowship for me to Minnesota. Thankfully, my husband and I are same age, but he's a year ahead of me, so he was already attending. So I was a fellow. And then at that time, we were finally living in the same city. You know, we were long, long distance marriage for like two, three years. You know, so when we finally started living in the same city, we wanted to start a family. My first daughter was born in Minnesota. Now she's six. And then when it was time to look for real job, so to speak, attending job for dual, very self specialized. We both wanted to go in academic. We know how much we love U of L. I, I just love the department and every single aspect of it. So one Sunday night after busy, busy trauma—it wasn't a trauma call, but busy call night. At the time, I was pregnant. I was like, "We need to go somewhere. Where do we want to go?" I emailed、um, the urology department, and they were so kind. Next day, immediately emailed me back. Came out here for interview. My fellowship was so happy. I remember—I still remember when、um, uh, our chair called、uh, my. Uh, program director Dr. Siegel. I was actually seeing patients, and I could hear their conversation. They're talking about me. <laughs> Wait a minute, is she legit? Like, should we hire her? And <laughs> Dr. Siegel's um, um, nurse says, like, "Hey, Kellen Joseph, you know, he really was so kind of, and you know, I think you're gonna." So obviously, came here. We had a great time, and that was six years ago. So I, I think that's way longer than <laughs> the introduction needs to be. But I'm just so happy to be here. Well, I I wish the audience we we don't do video, but no, I wish the audience could see the excitement in your face as you describe this decade of training and family and and ending up at U of L and your your passion for the Cardinals and for U of L just comes shining through. If it's not obvious in your voice, I'll tell you it's certainly obvious on your face. So, well, welcome, and、Thank、we're、you. we're so glad that you're here, Kellen. You have a passion. For speaking into young women, especially as they face career decisions and balancing that with family and in an academic world, and and you've described you've got children, you've got a husband, you're both busy, active、uh, clinicians in academic work, and so how is it that you've been able during this decade to sort of balance all of that? What what do you want to tell people about that? I thought about this a lot. What is like the key factor, and I really think it's my husband, because、oh, okay. I, I initially thought, is it God? Is it my grandparents? Is it my parents? Is it his parents? All of that combined makes a human want to do the right thing.、Okay. So, but if you have a partner who believes in you, is proud of your accomplishment, and wants you to be better. You know that old movie,、um, as good as it gets. I think.、Yeah. Yes. You know, you make me want to be a better person.、Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. He really did, and I think I do for him. Like we're so different. If you do a MBTI, the Big、ah, Meyer,、yeah. I think we're nearly opposite, except for maybe one or two. But、um, that helped because I can understand him better, and he brings different aspect. Even going to Minnesota, I don't really like the cold weather.、No. <laughs> I live in Texas so long. But Alex is like, hey, why do you limit a fellowship opportunity just because of one year of cold weather? Right.、I'm、like that's a good point. And then I fell in love with Minnesota, and <laughs> that's where my oldest daughter was born. So I think having somebody who believes in you. 
who's not because you're gonna have to spend time with them more than ever for many many long years even after you re retire from what i hear after retirement getting together wall is not you know too easy either so finding a spouse who believe in you throughout your career i think was really a big thing yeah well i tell you if, if a if a couple can come together and they both treat each other that way where they both um, encourage each other in a meaningful way and care enough about them for them to grow boy a lot of a lot of things can be accomplished in that so uh, congratulations on finding that kind of partner because that does make the challenges yeah. of our work in academics yeah. and teaching and yeah. clinical work a whole lot easier than yeah. if if you're struggling on that front because right. for so many couples that is that is a problem I want to I want to go off the script a little bit here and talk about something you mentioned just before we started recording. You talked about the influence of your grandmother yes. on you, yes. and it sounded like such a powerful mm, influence on 100%. you. Can you say something about that? Absolutely. So my parents were both working parents too. My mom was a school teacher, elementary school teacher in music, so that's why I love music so much. My father, like I said, was engineer, but eventually moved to the states, and then we moved with them to finish his studies. And early on, my mom knew that it's gonna be really hard to have a children and do both. So gently ask, it's like an air quote, uh, my uh, grandmother if she could help. And she said, of course, and then they she moved. Their whole home, they were born and raised in Seoul, the whole family, but then my dad got a job in Taejeon where I was born. Um, and that's where my grandma left everything as she know it behind and she was only like I don't know in her mid-60s if you think about it, that's really young age but she did and you know it it, it makes more sense if she says it in Korean but she said she raised me since I was a pitongi which is like pee is like blood so like a little tiny blood clot <laughs> basically since I was a little tiny baby like six mm -hmm. weeks because my mom had to go back to work very early on they didn't have like a robust maternity leave at the time so my grandma and I spent so much time together we talk we should share her joy she loves singing so and, and also she was a strong believer so she'll get up at five in the morning every morning and just pray about her whole family whole family that all the families she touched us so you just hear somebody praying and just being there for all morning want the best of you and then when you come home there so i was like when my mom and dad you know they were busy but when i come to my grandma i knew like there was somebody who believed in me when i got a good grade or whatever i just wanted to see my grandma proud and she never pushed me she never right, said you right. have to study but she's like you know what she said good things happen when you study but of course i'm gonna listen to her and did this she'll give me a nice food or she'll give me a hug so i just cherish and when we moved back, uh, when we moved to the state, she did visit us. I, I was, um, and we got to go to Washington D.C. And she even made friends with the next door neighbor. They didn't speak. I mean, she doesn't speak English. Maybe she said hi, but she somehow found like a little tiny acorn on the side of the road and made like acorn tofu kind of food. And I, and then I was like, you make friends anywhere. Like <laughs> she was in her eighties <laughs> in the new country visiting friends. So I, I just, I, I, when she uh, passed away, I was interned in Trauma Bay and I have shared the story with some of my colleagues and even my patients, but she passed away around this time, November, when I was interned. And you know how trauma ICU can be so busy. I find out from my mom that she had passed away in Korea, comfortable at her home on Friday, and I cry, go to sleep, but I have to still get up at four to go to work at five because that's intern life, right? I go to one of the trauma room, and then patient is like, trauma ICU. I see the face, she is just laying there sleeping, looks just like my grandma. 
I, I lost it. I, I try to be professional and mm. not cry, but I come out crying. And this is when we are paper chart. So I'm trying to chart on the paper. Yeah. My tears. So oh. the nursing staff love her. She's like, hey, Choi, what's wrong? I'm like, my grandma. And then I tell her kind of. And then she's like, Choi, that is not acceptable. She stabbed pages. My chief, poor chief, she, he was like off duty. And then by, this was like 6.50, one of my sweet, amazing co-resident um, uh, intern comes in and said, Choi, you go see your grandma. Mama, you go. I got this. And I'm like, are you serious? So I actually got to fly out that night. Wow. As oh, wow. an intern, $1,500, I believe. For a, <laughs> it was economy too, but last exactly. minute, you know, flight yep. was really like, probably, I don't know. I don't know how much we made at the time, but um, we had to save a lot to do that. But I'm like, my grandma, um, these services, we'll figure this out. Let's go see. So my mom and I met there. So we got to see part of our you know, ceremony oh, of uh, celebration of life. Yeah. And that was last time I've been to Korea, 12 years wow. ago. Oh my! But I think story. about her a lot. I think about her a lot. And then I think that's part of the reason I went into urology because a lot of my, I think about while dying, and living the most fulfilling life, even towards the end of life a lot here lately. And I think my grandma's just just living with her. I see my patients and I feel the same, you know. So it sounds like she had a passion for life yes. that she transferred. She did. To you. I think so too. And and so boy, so many of us are forced to live through difficult times where joy is hard to come by. Mm. But you seem to carry joy with you. It's just like it insulates you from the things that we all run into. Yeah. And it sounds like your grandmother helped you hmm. with that at a very early age yeah. and then reinforced that yeah. through many, many years. I think so, too. Well, that's great. I think so. And I think she had a grit in her. Because ah, she, she okay. overcame those uh, long years where Korea was colonized, um, and then she overcome war. <laughs> so she, she sinned so much, and she persevered. So when things get hard, you know, she's like, I've gone through all this in the past, we can do it. And she kind of passed down that can-do attitude. So I highly encourage, like, if you have, like, you know, um, grandparents, you know, nearby, they have a lot of wisdom. So your children can really learn and they can teach each other and empower each other, too. Yeah, and that can be a buffer as well against yeah. the stuff that we have to struggle with in, mm -hmm. our, in our family and work lives. That's right. So, well, that's great advice. So let's... Uh, Change direction. Yeah. So, Kellen, you were a part of our LEAM yes. program, which stands for Leadership and Innovation in Academics Matter. Matter. <laughs> now that we changed the name, when you were part of it, it was still Academic Medicine. Medicine. Can you tell us about your experience in LEAM and what are some of the things you took away? Like I shared last week, too, but LEAM, for me, it was really life-changing. I already had what I wanted, some goals, aspiration, but this was in the middle of you know, pandemic 2020. Uh, our year was the first year to go virtual because of the global pandemic. And at that time, we had a four month old. So we had a second baby, two girls. So we have two girls and second baby was born at that time. My husband is a pump critical care. So he was always at ICU. So I was just very worried about what's going to happen, you know, God forbid. So, but we overcame. So I needed some kind of a good distractor. Instead of being anxious or worried, do something productive. And when Lian came along, I've been eyeing this program since I joined 2018. But every year I was like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I, I want to have another baby. I, I'm trying to build this practice. I'm X, Y, Z. But 2020, I was like, I have no more excuses. I need something that's going to empower me to the next level. And why not in the middle of pandemic? And the fact that there was a virtual option was empowering for me. So it really changed me. And then it kept asking me the why. Or I remember the, the one PowerPoint that we had, Dr. Rabelais has 
like his head kind of like wondering, should I go left or right in, in terms of so many pathways? And I think one of your um, lecture also talk about if you have a map, but the north sign is opposite or going other way, you may be following the map, but the map's going to lead you somewhere you didn't intend to go. So that really hit me hard too. The books that we had to read, the relationship we made, I really kind of gave me confidence to do what matters in most efficient, effective way. So I cannot think. And then the you know, the continued relation. Remember the last class I was like, is this it? Am I on oh. my own? What am I going to do? <laughs> but then I love that I'm still part of the Liam family. Absolutely. And then since then, I have talked to many colleagues. You should do Liam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and the Liam has led me to next step. While I was finishing Liam in the spring, finishing those uh, projects, I applied for MBA and then I have since completed MBA two-year program through UOBEL. And I really, uh, in my mind, you know, we're all scientists. So it was a litmus test. You talked about, you know, developing your skills in Liam and in the MBA program. But I, I think a lot of people are, a lot of clinicians are thinking, I am full up trying to develop my clinical skills. Right. How do you use skills from yeah. Liam in, in the MBA in yes. your day-to-day -day job? Yeah, it's almost like... <laughs> to me, it was like having the third child is, which is MBA that I don't have to feed and they don't, they sleep through the night. Good. Yeah. So every point in our life, we make decisions, right? I mean, I love children. So if you leave it up to me, I don't know, but you know, I was like, you know, two children, this full-time job was what I could handle. But I think just knowing your limit expectation management because my husband knew that after Liam was MBA so I was like is that okay I, anytime there's a big decision that's going to impact my husband I ask is that okay you in fact right now guess who else is doing MBA uh, my, my yeah. husband it's my time to shine yeah. so I'm doing more housework I'm trying yeah. my best and I'm not a huge yeah. fan but I'm trying to do more at home so he can study and I think he's from what I hear he's doing really well in his microeconomics class I'm very proud of him go cards yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of managing expectations. And one of the things that I enjoy thinking about is planning your failures. So like planning to fail at housework, right? I'm not worried about it. If I'm okay with the fact that the house is a little dusty and messy, I can be okay with that and then do what I need to right. do. So Kellen, um, many times we provide the titles that we put on the podcast. But you came up with your own title yeah. for today's podcast. Yeah. Can I read what you told me Absolutely. it is? Absolutely. And I need you to speak into it. I will. Surgeon Mom's Relentless Quest for a Joyous Life, Regardless of Circumstances. Why did you come up with that title? I thought hard. When I had this uh, meeting before, like, what should we talk about? I think I was kind of rambling. There were so many things I wanted to talk about. You know, I can either talk about burnout, I can talk about uh, academia as a, as a working parent, so many things. But I think the truthfully what I wanted to convey is, you know, happiness is like happenstance. You know, somebody I really respect recently told me this, you know, if you're just happy because what's happening in your life, it's never enough. The next degree, the next mar like the marrying someone, having children, having them get into college, Never enough. There's never enough. But if you have a joy that comes from within, not just from happenstance, then it's eternal, right? So that's what I aspire to be. But I'm a hypocrite. I say that. But like I said, on my way here, uh, you know, talking to my mom, I don't think there was much joy in that, you know. I was mostly <laughs> venting to my mom, and I, I should call her again and say something joyful. Like, I had a podcast. <laughs> She'll be proud of me for the podcast. She loves podcasts. So I, I, I wanted that part. And then being surgeon is hard. 
being mother is hard, but trying to navigate those two, it needs to be relentless because if you just like casually try to be joyful, joy is a choice you make. Oh, I just thought of that. Joy is a choice you make. You decide to be joyful. So, and then it's a quest because it's just not going to happen. You have to put your mind into it. You, you know, when surgeons operate, you purposely put your hand, your body in certain ways. It's not going to just happen. You, you have to plan the whole thing. And then regardless of the circumstances, because you can maybe have a little joy if things are going great, but things are not the way you're planned. You don't know when this is going to end. You don't know when this hard time, you don't know when this kidney stone is going to pass. You know, I'm a urologist. I have to throw it there. You know, this will pass, but it may pass like a kidney stone, right? But it will pass. So I just wanted, uh, you know, I know there's so many great podcasts out there, but if some person who's looking for some of those components scores through and be like, huh, I wonder what she had to say. I just wanted to empower, you know, listeners. So, it, you know, it, it helped me just right now, just talking to everyone, um, hearing, you know, each other's perspective is, you know, kind of healing me. So if I can just help one listener <laughs> through my um, story, I, I wanted to, that's why. So we always ask our guests, what is one thing you would want listeners to do after they hear your episode next week? Yeah, so, um, you know, since this is talking about joy, I will um, share somebody I really respect, Helen Keller. She says something along the lines of, be happy with what you have while working for what you want, which I love. I try to aspire that. Um, but also maybe we can take it to another level and change that happy to joy. So be joyful with what you have while working for what you want. I want the listeners to identify what is truly joyful and what brings joy in their life and then identify something in their life that they want that they need to do. So, you know, make a tangible goal like what they want, but at least be joyful with what they have now so we can all live fulfilling, empowering life. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Kellen, thank you so much for coming to talk with us. And um, we really appreciate all that you bring to the University of Louisville and to the Louisville community. And, um, and we really appreciate you sharing that with the Faculty Feed audience today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at factfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and Come Hungry.